Agenda setting conversations of the day. Well, important developments in the ANC over the weekend. The deputy president of the country, deputy leader of the ANC, Paul Mashatile, telling the City Press newspaper he believes there's a plot to oust him from office by August. Then yesterday, the president, Sir Ramaphosa, saying in a press conference there's no proof of such a plot. He's discussed the issue with Mashatile. He says he'll discuss it with him again. Then an NEC meeting of the ANC, the party discussing how to improve local government and I suppose reduce the chaos we've seen in local government. Suggestions that it's open to discussions about reducing the number of times a year confidence motions can be allowed in councils. In other words, to stop changing the mayor so often and perhaps limiting that parties can only be represented in a council or legislature if if they have more than 1% of the vote. In other words, you wouldn't have a councillor with just a few hundred votes holding the balance of power. The person in charge of this for the ANC is Tembian Karameng, of course, a member of the NEC of the ANC and Minister of Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs. Minister, good morning and thank you for your time this morning. Good morning and good morning to our listeners. You're looking at discussions with other parties about preventing the sort of chaos we've seen in local government. What measures are on the table? What do you think would work? Thank you very much uh, for that question, Steve. I think we, we've all experienced, uh, and, and in some instances it may not be direct, but we are certain now that over 40 to 50 residents in South Africa are residing in metros. So in one way or another, they stay without governance at a particular stage. And in some instances, with no services being rendered, while councillors are tussling over who must run and take the responsibility of council. The law, for example, says you must have 14 days to form a coalition. In our experience, practically, it did show that, for example, in the city of Johannesburg, there was a time where they took almost close to two months to be able to... Um, elect a, a, a mayor palate within. So we are suggesting, of which some other parties have also come to the party, though the date is not, the number of days rather, it has not yet necessarily been fine-tuned, but to agree that the legislation indicating that council must be formed in 14 days does seem to be a bit impractical, particularly in coalition. So maybe something like between 60 to 90 days to allow parties to be able to fine-tune their agreements, um, publicize them, uh, so that communities can be able to hold them accountable. So that will be the second area of publication. But also to ensure that once the IDP and the budget has been approved, um, they, 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 they can only be changed when they've been taken back to the community. You will recall, for example, in the past financial, in the past council term in 2016 and 20, to 2021, one set example is Nelson Mandela Bay, which had about five mayors, and retained all the budget for human settlement without building a single house. Why? Because the residents had told them and give them priorities of what to do, but each and every mayor who was elected, uh, from Mayor Trolley, Popani, and, and, and the rest, um, up to Mayor Mbanga, who came, they they will change the plans without talking to community, and they will not have sufficient time to plan. Remember, when you want to build a house, you must have formalized a settlement. There must be a park service that is there. There must be at least a road and a street light and whatever. By the time you start to think of formalizing the settlement, you are no longer the mayor. So a, a plan of IDP is a community plan by law in the Constitution. 
So no one must have a right to change that without having gone to communities and providing reasons on why it needs to be changed. So our view as the ANC is that besides limiting the number of motion of confidence, we also need to say once a, a budget and a plan of a council has been adopted by council, whether it's Mayor Tendi or Mayor Stephen, they don't have a right or a ticket to just change it willy-nilly okay. without ensuring that communities do. And of course, there is a matter of a threshold which you have spoken to, but I'll give you a chance as well. <laughs> Thank you. One of the problems um, with this is that whatever you do has consequences, right? So the consequences of the current plan are the consequences we're living with now of the current system. So if, say, for example, um, you can only have a motion of no confidence once a year, the consequence could be a mayor's elected, say, in Joburg. Um, evidence of corruption comes out against them. They're not charged. Unless their party forces them to resign, you wouldn't be able to remove them for an entire year. Um, you could have a situation with what you're suggesting, that you can't change a budget or change a housing plan without community participation. But then you could have a, you know, the, a, 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 a mayor changing a party and power changing in a council. So now party A is removed and party B is forced to execute party A's plan. And all they'll do is just try and frustrate it. So isn't that the problem? That's why it's so difficult. There are consequences either way. Well, uh, Steve, the, the good thing about local government, which we may still have to enforce, and the Auditor General all of them, from Nombembe, the late Chinima Kwetu, and, 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 uh, and Zakani uh, Maluleke, currently, they are working hard. I think that's one area which uh, 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 remains sustainable for us as a country. Local government is so legislated that it is tabulated down what are the requirements of cancer. So in an instance of corruption, if a mayor, for example, blocks an MPEC report, and it doesn't want it to be tabulated. That could be one of the things you may tabulate. Uh, a, a mayor doesn't submit a Section 52 report, which is an update of how are the finances and the implementation of projects going. By law, that report must come four times a year, every quarter, before COCTA releases your tranche of money. So you could even bring the AG on real audit time per quarter and then put a motion of no confidence if Mayor Ngadimeng is not living by the legislative imperative. But now let's look, Steve, of what makes a motion of no confidence, of what you will recall. It's just Party A now agreeing that I'm no longer part of that other because that mm. other group is giving me a better position, which has got better man. No, that's not what makes governance. It's it's about emotions, it's about personalities, it's about benefits for themselves and not for the community. So that is why I'm saying it will relatively be better in comparison to what informs a motion of no confidence today. Then you could also put something like a, a, a performance measures for a mayor where you say we have all collectively agreed that by when this, this should happen, this should happen by when report to cancer. Then you can say, no, Mayor me. we have given you an opportunity. You are not delivering. We think you deserve a motion of no confidence. So when you, Steve, go there, you practically will be having an agreement, a, a, a Section 52 report 
rectified by Treasury. You could ask the Auditor General to do that and then say, yes, she's not delivering. And we think the people of Johannesburg or wherever deserve a better mayor than this one. But ultimately, it's our communities who choose their leaders. The idea of a threshold so that only a party that had 1% or more could be represented in councils, would that just be in councils or is there any suggestion anywhere that this would also be for the National Assembly and Parliament, that only a party with 1% of the vote in Joburg or nationally, if it were Parliament, would be able to get seats? Well, Steve, nationally already a threshold is there, although it's not necessarily in a percentage. I think you need you require about 30,000 votes for you to get one seat. Right? Well, there, is, there are electoral reviews. Mm. So, in local government, uh, in a word, you get 10 votes, I get 9, you're the winner. Yeah. In residents who are 6,000. And you can blow your horn and say you represent all of us. Well, one, it says our communities must also then take responsibility of what citizen can say on their behalf. You know, you can do relatively with some services not being rendered, <laughs> but you can't stay with waste in your house that's not mm. collected. It just becomes a mess quickly for that matter. So what we are saying is that a 1% threshold, supposedly the residents in our wards, they are ranging between uh, relatively around 2.5, 3,000, the highest areas which have got biggest wards and many VTs will be around 5,000, 6,000 currently. So you need a percent of the residents of the voters' role of that particular ward. And that will form a cancer. Let's take a city of a Tequini. It's under a coalition. They are having 24 parties, including uh, uh, individuals that is independent, that form that cancer. So Mayor Kaunda, when he asked for an extension to adopt his budget, when he was giving an explanation, he said, I'm now on a party or partner 18, and I need to round them off, share with them so that they can support me to, to, to pass a budget. That's untenable. Mm. So if you introduce 1% in the city of the Queen for all their residents and the area and the jurisdiction that they have, that reduces currently the parties and people who are there as independents to about seven. That's what is relatively manageable. The same with the city of Johannesburg. If you apply 1%, I think it moves from about 29 to 9 or something like that. But it's something manageable. You can't have 24 individuals or in the parties that are forming council on the basis of 10. Because you know, if you go to the IEC, you'll be informed that in some instances, some what only have 15% of vote. Some, well, 42 is not that bad, but are mostly below 50, which also means, as politicians, we carry a responsibility, one, of encouraging our people to understand that their vote is their choice and translate directly to what they need as services. But we do believe that if you publicize those agreements as well, together with their plans, communities can then hold you and me as the partners in this coalition 
accountable. And Minister, I must just ask, um, the situation around Deputy President Paul Mashatile, do you believe there's a plot to oust him? Well, I don't think I'm, I'm conversant really uh, in the areas of security and in, in the areas of intelligence. I think the president has responded to it. They engage at their level in the presidency, and I, I do believe they will be able to 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 to, to respond uh, to the issue. I mean, I, I I can't even say whether there is a plot or not a plot. Uh, I'm not really in the space where I could be able to have a fair input on the topic. Minister, thank you very much indeed for your time. Member of the ANC National Executive Committee and the Minister of Corporate Governance and Traditional Affairs, Tembi Minkadameng. You were there, SAFM, 21 minutes after 7. Professor Stephen Friedman's been listening to that. He's director at the Centre for the Study of Democracy at the University of Johannesburg. Professor Friedman, good morning to you. Uh, Once again, we have a deputy president claiming there's a plot to remove him and a president who says there isn't one. Is it just me or is there a memory here of 15 years ago and then President Thabo Mbeki and then Deputy President Jacob Zuma? Well, yes and no, Stephen. I think that there's, uh, there may be an attempt by some people to revive that, but um, there are several differences. Uh, the most obvious one being that uh, the last time around, uh, the president didn't deny that he was trying to get rid of the deputy president. Uh, he was actively working to do that. Um, and the current president may have preferred somebody clearly from his faction to be deputy president, but uh, he's publicly saying that he doesn't want any reason. Uh, and secondly, the last time around, you know, the, the faction which was supporting the deputy president who was about to be removed was on the ascendancy. Uh, as we know, they basically took over the ANC at Polokwane in 2007, uh, and therefore they were in a position to do something about it. Uh, I don't think it makes much political... I'm, I'm sure that there are attempts to get rid of Mashatile because he's not um, a member of the president's faction. Um, but I don't think that they're going to get very far because uh, the politics just doesn't make any sense. Um, I mean, you, you know, at the moment, the faction headed by the president is very much in the ascendancy, which is why Esma Khashoggi can be expelled and there's virtually no reaction to it within the ANC. Um, but uh, you don't want to tempt fate um, by trying to remove somebody who, after all, did win the election for deputy president at the ANC conference. Um, so I'm sure these media reports reflect the fact that there are people trying to get rid of him, but I don't think it's going to play out like it did last time. The local government situation, you heard uh, Minister Tembe and Kadameng just a moment ago. Uh, quite important measures on the table, the idea of a threshold, um, limiting the number of times you could have a confidence motion in mayors. Are those good moves? Are those good suggestions? I mean, I did make the point there'll be consequences to whatever you do here. No, they're not good news, Stephen. Let me say, first of all, that there's one thing the minister did say, which I think is a good news, right at the beginning, but it got sort of lost. And that is that... Uh, the requirements, the time requirements for forming a coalition are, are just not working. Um, <coughs> I mean, we were seeing how difficult it is to form coalitions in the first place. Uh, you basically, at local government level, tell people that they have a week to form a coalition. Uh, and if you do that in this context, you shouldn't be surprised when you see what we see. Uh, incidentally, this has huge implications on the national level. Uh, because if we land up with a situation next year where the ANC doesn't get 50%, uh, 
And then there will have to be quite serious coalition talks. And the national constitution says you can only do this within two weeks. Uh, and that is equally unrealistic. You know, I always point out to people when this issue is raised that Germany um, is a country known for its coalitions. It's actually, you know, they're, they're hardwired into its politics. Uh, after a German election, it can take three to five months to form a government. Uh, and in this idea here that parties that have been tearing strips off each other in an election campaign uh, are suddenly going to find a way to govern together for five years in a week or two weeks is obviously not realistic. Uh, so that has to be looked at. Uh, incidentally, just on that point, I think the more important thing, I mean, obviously there needs to be new time frames, but there must be a, a, a provision which we don't have at the moment for who's going to govern uh, while all that is happening. Um, so there has to be agreements among the parties. I mean, whether it's the, the previous uh, government or whether it's some kind of multi-party government or uh, an administrator, whatever the case may be, somebody has to actually be in charge while these negotiations are going on. And the two other ideas, you know, just are, are, you know, there's a constant attempt to to fix a political problem by tweaking the law, uh, and they, you know, it, the, the, the politicians always want to tweak the law by making. Uh, taking democratic choices away from people. Um, you know, this idea of the threshold for small parties, uh, particularly standing out like a sore thumb, uh, you know, this kind of constant best beating about how we must change the law to prevent uh, one part, you know, seat parties or sort of three seat parties becoming mayor. Who made the mayor? This is an ANC AC movie. The ANC made the mayor, certainly in Germany. Well, if you don't like the idea of them being mayor, don't make them mayor. Uh, don't change the law to say that smaller parties who attract the support of 1% of the population uh, should not have a voice in whether it's parliament or, or, or municipalities. Uh, as far as you know, confidence nation is concerned, I think you put it very well. Uh, in your questions and, and raised the issue. I mean, what happened? You know, we had a situation in Kleine, uh a while ago in which uh, a particular mayor was elected, and I think three days later there were claims that, uh, you know, he was he was not an honest person, etc. Uh, what are you supposed to do? Just leave him there until he gets there until the next no confidence motion. And even if there aren't corruption allegations, uh, you know, uh, in Joburg, uh, there were corruption allegations, but the mayor, which was put in by the ANC, not, not by some uh, divine power, uh, turned out to be not up to the job. Well, if you're going to say that you're in a confidence motion every six months of a year, uh, then you have to keep him in the job uh, for that period or her in the job, depending on who's in that job. Uh, so this simply cuts the down on the You know, you can't solve a problem that way. It's a political problem. Uh, and the point about... Uh, you know, one-party mayors, etc., illustrates the point. We have this ridiculous situation of politicians who've made choices, then telling us that we need to pass a law to stop them making those choices. Professor Stephen Friedman, thank you very much indeed, Director at the Centre for the Study of Democracy at the University of Johannesburg.